You're listening to Couch Kicker, sponsored by Action Challenge, the podcast that wants you to push yourself further. I'm your host, Jan, and this is episode four. Hello, Couch Kickers. Welcome. Come on in. You're looking great today. It's lovely to see you. Um, I am feeling fantastic today. I've spent the last three or four weeks, I tell you, being more focused on my own fitness than I think I ever have been. And look, I don't mean in some weird obsessive way. I just mean eating well, being a little bit more active, like literally the least you could do. I mean, I'm telling you, the bar was set pretty low for that anyway. You know, I didn't use my time in lockdown well for a start. I remember you probably saw this at the start of lockdown. There was a load of people saying, you know, if you don't come out of this having learned a new skill, you've wasted your time. Like, so I did use that time and I learned how to make sausage rolls. And I got good at it, don't get me wrong. You know, I was knocking out artisanal sausage rolls, the kind you see in gastro pubs for about a fiver. But sausage rolls, not really helpful when it comes to staying in shape. I put on half a stone. So I've spent the last few weeks trying to undo that and you know what, it's been a lot easier to find that motivation than than I thought it would be. And part of that I think is down to speaking to the guests I've had uh, on so far, hearing their stories, you know, just getting up off my couch, giving the couch a little kick on the way out the door and just getting out and being a little bit more active. Uh, We've had some lovely weather, so it's been great to enjoy some of that around here, some of the local area around where I live in Nottinghamshire. Um, And I hope all you couch kickers are finding that same inspiration in these conversations that I'm having too. Uh, If you are, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening today, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, why not fire up your social media apps and give us a follow or a like. It's at CouchKickerPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, I am excited about today's guests. When I first thought about starting Couch Kicker, they were the first people I thought about and actually the first people I asked to come on. You're about to hear a great story, but first, some words from the sponsors. We are sponsored today by the Altitude Center. These guys are experts in physical training and conditioning. They have a specialized altitude chamber. They have specialized equipment that can prepare you for a high altitude trek, or they can use that effective altitude to help with your conditioning and training. I've mentioned this before, but long distance runners, marathon runners, you watch the London Marathon that took place last weekend. All those guys, all the Kenyan runners especially, they go up high to altitude to train. You know why? Because when you're up at altitude, your body reacts and produces more red blood cells. And that means as you take a breath in, you're taking in more oxygen and that's more oxygen going to your muscles, which means better performance. But not everyone can afford to go fly out to the Rift Valley in Kenya or up into the mountains to train, which is where the altitude center comes in. They are offering listeners to the Couch Kicker podcast a whopping great big 50% off a single session pass. And that will give you the chance to try out their services in their altitude chamber in their gym based in central London. So just enter in code COUCH, that's C-O-U-C-H, when booking a single session at altitudecenter.com. 
That's code COUCH, C-O-U-C-H, at altitudecenter.com. Our headline sponsor is Action Challenge, the UK's leading trekking and events company. If you are looking for something that will push you further, then they have something for you. Whether you want to climb a mountain, whether you want to trek to a wonder of the world, or if you want to take on some of the finest terrain right here in the UK, Action Challenge live up to their name because they have action, they have challenges, and they have everything you need to kick your couch and do more. They are the leading UK operator on Mount Kilimanjaro, having taken over 6,000 people up to the summit. And the best news is they've even brought all of those people back down again. And they're accompanied every step of the way by their trained mountain leaders and medics. So you've got total peace of mind that you're in safe hands every step of the way. They also run treks and cycles and challenges that will take you anywhere from the Sahara Desert or Machu Picchu to the Great Wall of China and the Himalayas. The best part is that in our uncertain world with travel advice and restrictions changing, that they will protect every booking with their five-star promise that will give you peace of mind. If your date can't go ahead due to a lockdown or restrictions, no problem. You can change date free of charge, you can get a credit note, or you can get a no questions asked money back guarantee. Head on over to actionchallenge.com take a look at the challenges they offer and then take advantage of our exclusive deal, giving listeners to the Couch Kicker podcast £100 off any overseas challenge when you sign up using the code COUCH. That's C-O-U-C-H at actionchallenge.com. And that's that. So on to today's guests. These two are the first people that I thought about and they're the first people that I actually invited onto this podcast when I started it. And for very good reason, you're about to find out why. They're a pair of true couch kickers. Darren Parr and John Delane are two members of Cabbies Do Kilimanjaro, a group of London cab drivers who in 2018 embarked on a journey from behind the wheels of their cabs through a course of training and weight loss and they went all the way from self-confessed fat cabbies to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, raising tens of thousands of pounds for charity along the way. Now, I was really happy to have helped them arrange that adventure and it was great to catch up with them again. So here is Darren and John from Cabbies Do Kilimanjaro. So I am here with John and Darren from Cabbies Do Killy. Thanks for joining us, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good. All good. Thanks. Nice to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. Lovely stuff. So I last saw you two guys in uh, it was last year, wasn't it? Heathrow, mm-hmm. just as you were heading out to Killy. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly was. We was uh, fired up, and ready to get all in excited the, in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves, a bit about your backgrounds, and how this uh, Cabbies Do Killy project came about? Sure, yeah. Uh, my name's Darren Parr. I'm 54 years of age, uh, licensed London taxi driver. I'm very proud of that. Uh, I've uh, I, so I, I let myself go quite a bit, uh, put loads of weight on, and was looking for an opportunity and something to uh, really motivate me to uh, to lose some weight, get fit. Uh, and what better thing to do than go and climb Kilimanjaro? Uh, so. 
uh, that's when we sort of we all got together a bit, didn't we? Yeah, um, I'm John Delane. I'm 56, also a London taxi driver. Um, I was the same as Darren. We do a sedentary job, sitting sitting in a cab all day, eating wrong foods, and uh, just over a year ago now, no, two, two years ago, someone put a tweet out. Another taxi driver put a tweet out on Twitter saying, uh, "Does anyone fancy losing loads of weight and climbing Kilimanjaro in a year's time?" So I answered. I said, "I'm up for that." Um, and I think Darren, Darren did the same morning. Yeah, and cabbies do Kilimanjaro was born. Certainly did. And, yeah. and the, the 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 thing that really sort of made it for us as well was we was raising money for the uh, taxi drivers charity for military vets. So that was an extra sort of, you know, right, we're not only doing it for us, and we, we can't sort of say no to the training and that now because we've got the, the money we want to raise for the vet. So that was an extra sort of incentive for us. So that's three challenges in one. It's climb a mountain, raise a heap of money for charity, and lose, yeah. lose the weight. And also, and also, once we went public with it, there was no backing out. Yeah, and you guys driving. were really public with it yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> we did. And like, cab drivers would have torn us apart if we we've never lived it down if we never went through with it well, yeah the, the thing is with that i mean it, it went pretty mad pretty quick yeah to be honest i yeah. mean uh everybody just loved the idea and uh, we we did put ourselves up to be shot down really i mean if you see the photos of us i mean we we were like 20 odd stone yeah t tell me a bit about that then so when you first saw this tweet um saying do you want to come together like what what was your like daily routine like then driving the cab uh, basically, it was up in the morning early, normally to get in before the traffic. Um, working all day in the cab, stopping at a cafe, eating bad food, stressed out in traffic, coming home shattered, maybe a couple of beers, some more bad food, and bed. Yeah. And same again the next day, maybe six, seven days a week. No, no, no exercise at all. None. None. And yeah. loads of stress. I mean, the nature of, of the stress, job. Yeah. Obviously, you, you'd love to stop every day and have like a tuna salad, but you don't. If you get a job and it's going somewhere and you're in it for a while, and another job comes, you dive in the in the uh, garage or whatever. You grab what you pasty or like, some rubbish stuff and yeah. a bit of fizzy drink, bosh, and you're away again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you just get what's what's available. So obviously, at that time, you saw the tweet. You kind of maybe already sort of re realized that, recognized maybe you needed to lose a bit of weight. Mm. So were you already looking for something, or did this tweet yeah. just come as a bolt out the blue for you? Well, the, uh, the the thing what really tweaked with me is my grandkids. Yeah, you know, I've got two lovely grandkids and lovely daughter. Obviously, so I've got a grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they was uh, sort of coming round, uh, and they're they're young. You know what I mean? They're sort of nine and six. They wanted to play in the garden, doing stuff like that. And uh, brain said go, body said no. You know, I was trying to run around with them, do stuff with them, and I finally I was out of breath. Uh, clothes, I couldn't buy any clothes to fit. I had to go to like uh, big and tall to get me clothes and jack them up. Yeah, yeah. I had to buy special stuff because nothing fitted me, and I hated it. You know? So you, so you're kind of aware of that. Were you kind of similar? I was a similar, yeah, and I was starting to get problems with my knees. And I had been to uh, had scans, and like the consultant had told me that I had early stage like wear and tear arthritis in my knees, and if I didn't lose weight, I was going to need new knees a lot sooner than I should do. Yeah. And it was basically it was going to it was going to really impact on my um, my ability to get around. 
Yeah. So and plus I'm, I'm the same. I've got two. I've got two young boys, hmm. like eleven or twelve now, twelve and eight. But two years ago they were ten and six, and I I couldn't really. I didn't have the energy. They come the weekend. I didn't. I didn't want to do anything because I just wanted to lie on the sofa when I was at home. Yeah. Because I was just overweight and just I didn't, tired from work and no no energy at all. And it's uh, it was to getting me down. It was making me a bit depressed. Nice. So you so you saw this tweet. You had this idea. You signed up to it. Um, it's so uh, like in terms of like you starting on that journey. You must have gone out. You said you told all the other cabbies. You must have gone and had a chat with your family. For that first time and said look this is what I'm going to do how did they react well I mean they thought I was crazy because <laughs> they just thought Kilimanjaro they thought Everest or something like that they just thought I was going to die do you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> they didn't realise they just thought it was way out of what I should be doing because when they were looking at a 20 stone fellow who hadn't done no exercise in years wanting to wanting to climb one of the seven highest mountains I mean, yeah, one of the seven, seven summits. Seven yeah. summits. Yeah. Yeah. Highest freestanding mountain exactly. in the world. It's, it ticks all the boxes. It, it ticks all the boxes, but like they, they were fit. I mean, to be, to be honest, I had just started going to the gym because I had it in my head and I was, I looked at the tweet in the morning. I went on the cross train and I thought, I can't do that. That is crazy. I got on the cross train and when the endorphins started to kick in, I thought, you know what? I fancy that. Yeah. I, that's a bit, I'm going to do that. And I went home and answered the tweet. And from that second, I knew. I was going to go. I just, mind was no, was, my mind was made up instantly. On that cross trainer, I was going. Yeah. So that kind of, you started on the fitness journey there. And you guys didn't mess about. You had British military fitness training. You yeah. did training walks in the peaks. What was that first training session like when you all got together? Oh, my God. I tell you. I mean, it, it, like I've already said, uh, it, 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 it did tick all the boxes for us. Uh, the only thing we we were sort of forgetting that we had like fifty years of like eating the wrong food, doing the wrong stuff, not exercising enough. Uh, you put a pair of trainers on and a and a pair of shorts, and you think you're like sort of Superman again. Yeah. But fair play to be military fit. I mean, we got a proper. We only done a half hour session, and we got a proper slap in. I tell yeah. you, we was. I mean, that there, there there is a video of it. And it, there's just like steam coming <laughs> up at the end. There's just and dripping. None of us can talk. Yeah, uh, it was a bit of a shock to the system, but we we needed that. Yeah. yeah did we, you Did you ever think after it like, hang on, what have I signed up for here? Many a time, you know, training for 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 it, I thought like, uh, what what am I doing here? Well, because it, if you if you don't train hard enough, it, then yeah, you're not going to do it. But there are times when it's like sort of up past five, six o'clock Sunday morning, you're walking through the woods, it's hammering down the rain, freezing cold, you're the only one in the woods, you know, you're slipping and sliding everywhere, uh, and you you're dripping wet and all the and you thought, what am I doing? <laughs> but then all the stuff, the reasons why you are doing it, they 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 flow through, you know, and then it's thinking, Well no, I've got to do this, if I don't do this, I ain't gonna do it and not doing it for I know for me and for John, uh, it was was not on the cards. It was, and, and I don't like to put it this way, but it was Summit or Body Bag. Who <laughs> was not not going to get up there? You know, if I'd have got to crawl up there, I would have crawled up there. And I know John was yeah. the same. Yeah. So and you were really public about it. Well, you say you had that three stage incentive to get there. It was climb the mountain, lose the weight, do it for your family. 
for that reason. But I think that publicity that you had, because you were, had like a big publicity machine going, you were on ITV, like London Weekend News. I even saw, I was at a meeting once in central London, and I saw one of you drive past the cab with all the livery on the side, like <laughs> cabbies being killing. I was like waving like a lunatic. So like, you were really public and out there. So I think that must have kind of just kept you going. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as I say, when we, when we went public with it, there was no stepping back. Well, not for me and Darren anyway. This, and we had our cabs and we, like, with the livery on. So which would be, be like, basically, like, it's like a billboard driving around central London all day. So people were noticing it, and people were reckon people saw us on TV. People were asking in the cab, "What's it all about?" And our Facebook group, our our website, just got more and more people following it, and it just snowballed. And yeah. to be honest, Jan, the the taxi trade at that time. I mean, we've been under pressure for a little while now yeah. with uh, with the world situation and the situation with our like, roads are going in London, and uh, we just seemed to come along at the right moment. The taxi trade could do it, needed a good lift. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you got some like fat blokes here telling the world that they're going to go and climb Kilimanjaro. And we, we were sort of, that the, they followed our journey. And that the, the, our, our sort of followers grew, you know, uh, uh, on we started off with like, like everyone does, like a few, yeah. to like sort of getting thousands, to, yeah. to be honest. And uh, and then sort of companies came in like ubiquitous who've done the taxi wrap so that everyone sees us now, you know. Plan Insurance, which is another big insurance company for us, came in, made gave us some t shirts, uh, bought us some equipment, you know. Uh, and, and all that's very important for us. We wouldn't have been able to do it because the time and amount of time and that you have to give up. Uh, and and if you're not gonna do go hundred percent then then don't don't do it. So that all sort of uh, alleviated a bit of pressure for us. And you know what? It's quite nice going up to the BBC yeah. and, or the ITV and meeting Lucrezia Melinari. You know, there's, there's no more going up and having a little chat with Lucrezia. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And how did the like sort of wider community of cab drivers react to that? Were they supportive? Were they like, you must be mad? We like, got a lot, a lot of leg pulling at yeah. the start. I mean, we set ourselves up for it. We did a we did a cab wash one day for charity for the military veterans. Yeah. So we had we had a car park in in Pimlico, just like all the car washing equipment and the four of us. There was four at a time, wasn't there? Yeah. Took our shirts off <laughs> and did a cab wash. Washed all the cabs coming in with so our all bellies. up expecting the topless so, car wash. All having a laugh at our expense because <laughs> it was the fat boys cab wash and we looked did a little made a little video of a song out Rose of it. Rolls Royce car wash yeah. and nice. it. But it was just a laugh. But like, obviously, like I mean, looking back at it now, you look at the the, the physical state we were in. Oh my God! I mean, like it, we were we were well out of shape. They yeah. weren't laughing with us. They were <laughs> laughing <laughs> at us. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah. But I think yeah, any kind of like environment where you're out amongst your workmates, they'll take the absolutely. It's expected. It's expected. Especially. I think they were pretty supportive as well. Oh, they were. Yeah. I mean, like. Many a time, like you'd be in traffic, and they'd bib up and thumbs up. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And like people, the, the cab drivers would pull up and just throw a five or a tenner through your window. Do you know what I mean? Like, nice. there was loads of support. Yeah, loads they, of support. In, in in that respect, I, I couldn't be be prouder to be in that trade. You know, they they will always they will pull your leg, they will give you a bit of a slap, but they'll put their hand in their pocket and as you're going out, they'll say, "You do do it, boy." Yeah, no, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and you were really public with your training journey as well. You, know, you would post like, I think, you know, weekly updates on the weight loss that the team were doing and yeah. stuff. So what was your starting point in terms of like weight for both of you? Like Darren, where were you coming from? Well, I was 21 and a half stone. 21 and a half and John? I was about 20 and a half. 20 and a half, and where he is now? At this precise, I'm 17 stone. 17? Yeah. I'm 16. 16. And before you went to Killy, I think you were lower. Mm. Yeah, that. yeah. Gone down. It's about a stone, stone less. Yeah. Obviously, like, we've took our foot off the pedal a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think everyone has the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of like six, seven months with this lockdown. Yeah. It's difficult to, to kind of keep any sort of momentum. That's right. Um, yeah. But you were really public with your training plan. You were kind of out there with it. So you did the B Military Fit. Yeah. They kind of came in, did some training with you. You went up to the peaks, you went down to Snowdon. So what was that kind of process like, you know, from start to finish? Well, I, I, a few years ago, I'd, I'd already been in Uganda and climbed uh, Mount Baker in right. the mountains. I mean, that's like 15,000 foot. I knew how tough it was going to be. And I, I know there's, uh, there's, there's, there's no blagging it. There's, there's no idea you've got to go and do it so it was sort of me I was sort of geeing them all up saying look right if we're going to do this this is there's no Mickey Mouse Mountain we really have got to get our head around this uh, and do the training we all had our, our own sort of way which is how you've got to do the training so it suits you you know, you, you, I don't think you can put training in a box and saying you've got to do this. No, absolutely not. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to know where you got to be, and you've got to go and give it everything. And you got to, you got to tailor that training to you. So we all sort of, uh, we all sort of done done our little thing, uh, and it was. I, I wanted ev everyone to come on a journey with us. Because uh, I mean, we, we, everyone knows everyone, but everyone then knows that the cabbie who's doing this and that, you know. Mm. And it sort of went on like that, and it was great to have encouragement, a bit of banter from the public, you know, and, and watching us and seeing us like kind of doing uh, when we got to the top of Kinder Scout, you know, all dripping in sweat and all the coats open and again <laughs> steam going, like all like, dying for a drink and all that. And but sort of then thinking, with you know what, then lads like three weeks ago or three months ago there's no way they'd have done that you know fair play to them and then we went on and we'd done Snowden yeah. at night you know uh, because the, you, when you'd summit Killy you, you'd do it at 12 o'clock at night and Snowden's no Mickey Mouse Mountain anyone who goes and think they're going to have a stroll up Snowden it's, it's, that's quite a tough one you know yeah. and that, that's the other thing is respecting what you're going to go and do Yeah, if you're going to go and do any of these Scarfall Pipe Ben Nevis respect where you're going you know because it's and, and the weather can change where the right stuff you know it, it's and that's that's what I try to drum into mm. these you know get don't buy rubbish gear if you one other thing if you're climbing Killy or doing anything extreme if you're cold and someone come up to you with a pink fluffy jacket and <laughs> said to you if you put this on you're going to be warm and comfortable you wouldn't care yeah you'd put that jacket on and and go and keep going on and so that 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 was my sort of message to these get fit enough be ready get good gear and then like enjoy it as much as you can yeah it's function not fashion exactly yeah. with me i'd never done anything like it before so when darren said that i listened I, when when he said to me believe me it's going to be so hard i listened and i went mad for the training i yeah. got i was doing b ministry fit three three times a week 
I was getting up in the morning at four o'clock in the morning before I went to work. I was going doing an hour in the gym. Wow! So I was doing training six days a week, and wow. I was really fanatical because I didn't want to come unstuck. I didn't want to be found short when it when when I needed to have the fitness. And I listened to everything he said because he'd been and done something like that, and I'd never mm. done it. So I, I took everything that he said as gospel, and I'm glad I did because it got me fit enough, and I got the right stuff, and I learned when we went out in the in the peak districts, I learned how to, how to like pack your bag, where to keep your water, to bring enough like hydration, water and some snacks, to have all the stuff in your bag if the weather changes. All the stuff that I'd never knew before, I learned because he'd been done it and he showed yeah. me how to do it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm like that in life. If someone tells who's got experience tells me something, I'll follow it to the absolute T. Yeah. And I did that and I just followed like, Without asking, I just know I've got to do that because he's been and done it, so I'm going to do it that, that way. I don't know what to do. I, I, I listen to someone who has, who does yeah. know what to do. No, we were talking before we started recording about Killian. I think it's seen as like the easier of the seven summits to climb, which it, it kind of is. It's not a technical climb. Mm. You walk every step of the way. So I think it does have this bit of a reputation of like, oh, anyone can rock up and do it. And all right, some people might get lucky and manage it, but there's like a checklist of things that you do before you head out, you know, get yourself fit, get the right kit, get in the right mindset, and that'll give you a much better chance of reaching the top. And I think you guys did the hard yards before you went in terms of, you know, losing the weight, getting in shape. But I think also listening to that advice from from each other, from the mountain leader that you had out there, from other people that had kind of been up there and done it. And I think by doing that, that's why you made it to the top. And we were start. We were, don't forget. We were starting from a real disadvantage yeah. because we were physically inactive. We were well overweight, so we had a lot to a lot to do before we even considered going out on the mountain. They probably wouldn't have let us go on the mountain in the state we're in when we started, because <laughs> <laughs> we'd have we'd have been a hazard. Oh, we yeah. would have absolutely. And and someone else I would like just like to mention who who helps out massively with us is Tim King, yeah. uh, and the only reason they don't get sort of. But more of a mention with Cabbies to Kill it is he's not a cabbie. Mm. He was a, your photographer, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. Photographer, videographer, trainer. I mean, he actually lives up there. He lives up in Nottingham, up that way. And right. he, he, he walks his dogs for eight miles every morning, you know. So, like, Kinder Scout uh, and, and all that lot, he he sort of knew. Uh, I, mean, I used to go out and do stuff with him, so I knew that he would be brilliant, nine years yeah. of photographer, videographer, but as a sort of a training guru as well. Yeah. So uh, he built us up nicely, didn't he? Because yeah. he he took us to the Peak District for our first one, then we went to Snowdon, mm. and then he finished off just a month before we went. He took us up and we did the Yorkshire Free Peak Challenge. And that's not an easy that, day. That's tough. Yeah, you got to do the the free peaks in twelve hours. In twelve hours, and it's twenty five miles. Yeah. Of hiking as well. It's a lot uh, of hills. It's a lot of hills, yeah. and it's a lot, lot of miles. A lot yeah. of miles as well. Yeah, it's it's hard. But great training again because mm. we, we, you know, you've got to, the, the the thing you've got to get the miles in your legs. Yeah, you've got to get that muscle memory, uh, because when you're doing, you only think like this. It, it's it's constant, you yeah. know. It's it, it, every day. Anyone could go and do a day on Killy and then go home and go. You could do mm. it, but you go and do a day on Killy, then go and sleep in a tent. And then get up the next morning, and, and don't get me wrong, I mean, the, the, the food and the porters and the treatment was fantastic. You mm. wouldn't believe that every night we went, and every night, every afternoon, every morning, we sat in a tent. 
there was flowers on the table yeah. you know they come out of what but I baked a cake at one point it was <laughs> like about 5,000 metres <laughs> baked a cake God knows how they've done it yeah. you know but we even got chips didn't we like one of it, yeah. about 4,500 metres yeah. up they'd come out with chips a fair play and respect to the reporters <laughs> and guides because yeah. they without them you wouldn't be doing that yeah no I mean so I mean I've climb killing the food always surprises incredible me. You eat really yeah. well mm. so i think we're kind of on to the climb itself so we'll, we'll kind of talk about that so yeah. tell me what it was like you get off the plane in tanzania in fact actually there's one thing on which you guys was stopped by the press weren't you when you first landed <laughs> <laughs> yeah we looked at looked at the window as we landed and there was like you'd see a party of dignitaries and cameras yeah and darren said look at those i said i think they're for us <laughs> the half joking yeah, it was obviously. Yeah. I said, no, honestly, I think they're for us. And as we got off, everyone turned right, and we were we were t- we were shepherded left yeah. off the plane, so we didn't have to go through customs or nothing. We were just taken over and uh, introduced to like, all these top dignitaries from the, the Tanzanian Tourist Board, and 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 we had dancers. The Maasai warriors were dancing for us. We had to join straight in, <laughs> dancing with them. There was we were being filmed, interviewed by the TV channel over there. It was amazing. They they really had bought into cabbies do Kilimanjaro. Wow! And they were waiting for us, and they they treated us like we were some sort of royalty. <laughs> it was it was incredible. Yeah, they did. They did. They actually uh, for for some reason they did really take to the, the London cabbies and everywhere we went it was the cabbies yeah. cabbies you know <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah no it was special uh, that to, that we were treated like rock stars really mm. and we're just like free London cabbies we, we couldn't believe it yeah. well that but, London cab's iconic around the that's, world that's what yeah. it is yeah we don't realise it's only when you go abroad you realise yeah you could take it for granted over here but like people abroad they do they look at a London cab and yeah. it's, it's Britain, as far as they're concerned, in, yeah, red phone box, yeah, red exactly. post box, black cap, exactly, that's the, yeah, exactly, the, the yeah. Kind of yeah. Classic. So you land, you get off the plane, you sign your autographs, you're doing your interview, <laughs> um, and then you get on the the bus, you transfer to the hotel. Did you catch your first glimpse of the mountain? Then, no, no, we never did, boy. So no, hidden underneath yeah. the clouds. That's that that yeah. that's a that's a really poignant moment. That is because we we just. We had a few beers at the airport, obviously. So we got on a flight, got off, treated like rock stars, and then we get back on the coach with with, with everyone else. Yeah. And we was brought back down to earth, bosh. Yeah. You know, we ain't nothing special. You know, the mountains as high for us as it is for them. We still got to go and do it. Mm. And we was well for me, it was feet straight back down on the floor. Uh, and then all of a sudden, hang on, we're in Tanzania, we're driving through Tanzania to experiencing and I, I, I recommend Tanzania I love Tanzania yeah. Yeah. I really do they just driving through seeing the colours the people are so resourceful there they, they don't chuck nothing away you know they'll make a cart they'll chuck a bed away and it'll be a wheelbarrow the next day Yeah, you know they're, yeah. they're, they're just so resourceful and we found that the people were so friendly and nice it was uh, well, I, I love Tanzania yeah me too yeah. it's just brilliant fantastic as I'm talking about it now it's sort of giving me goose pimples <laughs> thinking back on yeah. it yeah. and I mean that do you know what I mean it was such such an experience going there that 
Yeah, you get off that plane, you're on the bus, and you're driving along. You can just see everybody going about their lives yeah. outside the window. It's just one long road. That's right, exactly. Yeah. You're just kind of seeing just daily life. Market stalls and that, and they're selling everything. Everyone's on the it's hustle and bustle, but everyone seems to be smiling and happy. Mm. Children are chasing after the bus. You're throwing sweets out the window, and they're laughing. It's it's just an amazing experience. It's so different. Yeah. to go there and like especially if you've never been to Africa before which I hadn't yeah to go there and like be thrown in like that it was just like eye-opening yeah and that is like you say you kind of back down to earth after that interview so you to the hotel you sit down you have your dinner like when does it start feeling real when do you start thinking well for, for me the, the great analogy for me it, it was for, for, for going and doing what we're doing, for, for as hard as we've worked, it was like how I imagined uh, a, a, a professional footballer feels the night before a cup final, you know, yeah. when you're going to go and do something special. You, you're, you're, you know you've done everything you can. Actually, butterflies. I actually had, like, my stomach's turn over. We're going to do this. Have we done enough? Have we bought everything? You are doing that. And then you go and have your kit check. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, which is got got to be done. And yeah. again, you're you're going up, you know, you're going up to sort of nineteen thousand three hundred eighty foot, which is cold. It's minus eighteen up there. Yeah, you can't go up there with like a cagoule and like a, and a scarf. No, you got it. So uh, they go through your kit, and rightly so. Uh, and then I think you know people have bought like flashy coats with big names on them, and the guy's going, that ain't no good. Yeah, <laughs> we're going here, and they go, no, they said that in the shop, no, no. It's no good. You either get a proper coat, or you won't be going. Yeah. Finish, and then all of a sudden, again, you're that it's taken away from you. It's not. Don't, I'm just going to shout loud. I'm going to go. No, we're doing something serious here. If they say no, it's no. Oh, the guide's word is final. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You we, can disagree with them. But yeah. You disagree with them back in the hotel afterwards, not yeah. on the mountain. Yeah, we we had a. A British mountain guide. We were action challenge, yeah. and like we had a British mountain guide. And shout out to the sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like I mean, she climbed all the seven summits. Yeah. So you know you're with somebody who knows what they're doing, and then we had um, the the guide, the head guide, Jonas. Tanzania Jonas. Fantastic. He's yeah. a man. Uh, yeah, he and is. as soon when he got on, she said. I am so happy. This is Mel, like yeah. the British mountain guide. She, I'm so happy. He is a legend, Jonas. He's climbed that mountain 380 times. Yeah. So you know you're in the best possible hands, yeah. which which gave me confidence because I thought if you're going to do it, you want to be with people like that, don't you? For sure. For <laughs> That's sure. who you want to be with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So you kind of have your kit check. You have your first night in the hotel in Tanzania next morning you're up bright and early and like you say that's your cup final starting then you're on the sidelines you're waiting to walk onto the pitch what's going through your head at this moment <sighs> well, I don't know it was probably different again for for me uh, all, all, all the stuff that, that that was driving me on the, not not really knowing I mean Although I'd done something little like this before, you know, nothing like uh, as big as Kilimanjaro. You don't really know what's going on. You, you, and you, you get to the gate and there's other people and I don't know. You, 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 for, for me personally, I, I, I like to try and think I've covered every base. I worry if I haven't and then I'm, I'm, I'm firing myself up every day, you know, uh, to, to just to, I'm not gonna, not gonna fail, 
and I will do my best to try and to to read everyone else and give them a little point or a little kick up the arse or whatever I think they need or some might need a cuddle some might need a slap yeah. you know uh, so I'm, I'm sort of trying to, to think of all that as well and I'm feeling how lucky I was you know that that's one one other thing you've got when you do this stuff don't just let it all go by try and enjoy even the first night at the hotel you'll be a bit apprehensive or whatever you know perhaps don't get smashed but perhaps have a few beers meet the other people mm. hear their stories you know because you will when you're on the mountain you will get to know everyone and this is that's so important about being in a team if you're going to do it on your own or whatever at some point you will need whether it be a word whether it need a pat whether it need to borrow a drop of water or, or a chocolate bar you will interact with other people and yeah. that's what makes it extra special you know that little hearing that story or it, and yeah it's just exciting I'm yeah. so excited just Night so before excited. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, just so excited. Looking, my eyes were every. My <laughs> eyes were like saucers, like just looking at everything, taking everything in, seeing when they were weighing all the, weighing your your, your holders and that, and putting them on the roof of the. It was just yeah. like, it was just unreal. And the, the porters, like we on the way to the gate, we were in a minibus with Jonas and uh, and Mel. And a, a van load of porters came past, singing and whistling. They were squeezed in. There must have been 30 of them in this little <laughs> minibus. And they were shouting out the window. I thought, what is that? And they were our guides. Wow. And then they were shouting Boys, out yeah. to the commander, who was Jonas. Yeah. They were giving him his salute or whatever. But yeah. I, I thought I thought it was a, a, a lot going to a football match or something. <laughs> Do you know, the noise they were making, yeah. they were just full of life. Do you know what I mean? And well, that's the thing a lot of people don't realise about Killy, the amount of, like, local support that's involved exactly. in that you know, I think yeah. it's like three local crew for every one client that's going up so did you kind of get to know that crew you obviously knew Jonas yeah. uh, but did you get to know any of the other porters and yeah, they, yeah they, they, they were brilliant we're still yeah. in touch with them now some of them yeah. on Facebook nice do you know what I mean like they, they were just fantastic I mean you couldn't never do it without them no did they teach you the Kilimanjaro song yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not going to sing it now <laughs> no, I'm not going to ask you <laughs> No, that's a weird one. Everyone, you know, like sing people into camp, and then when you're kind yeah. of coming off the mountain, you think, "What's this song?" And day one, you're like, "I don't recognise that." And then by the sixth day, as you're coming off the mountain, everyone's joining in. Yeah, but in, in the morning, sometimes you know when like you're tired and you've been up there, like, and you're at altitude and you've got a hard day ahead, and everyone's really sort of like it's very quiet, and they'll start a song going. And they'll boost everyone's energy yeah. levels and get you ready for the day ahead. And it's like psyching you up before you go out on the pitch. You can't you know help it. You come out your tent with a cup of tea and a biscuit. You end up where you should be sort of like you're plodding and thinking, oh, I've got another day of this. You end up sort of having <laughs> a little jig wound with her. Yeah. Gets the heart rate up. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's no, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to get everyone going as well in the morning. I yeah. Think. yeah. Brilliant. Now, so you mentioned like the kit that you need. It's eighteen degrees at the top. Obviously, your first day walking on the mountain, it's not eighteen degrees. Yeah, You're going in through yeah. the jungle. So, what what was that like? Was it what you were expecting that first day? Do you know what the first the first few minutes was on? The, I thought, my God, it's it's tough already. <laughs> the first five minutes, I was out of breath because I don't know if you're a bit of altitude already, and you're immediately going up. And I thought we got we got six seven days of this. Yeah. I, I, was, I thought I'm breathing heavy and you were the same down yeah, you? I was exactly the same I was uh, 
and, and again you think you're like because you think like oh, well I've done all this train I'm going to build right and then like we're, we're two hours into it and I'm thinking if this is the first day and mm. they, but the thing is I don't know whether they're junior up or whatever they say oh no the first day it's alright yeah no it's pretty we're all sort of like I don't know how to say it we was like smashed up pretty early <laughs> thinking oh no like what but uh, yeah you, you just do it and it's great but there's, you're in sort of jungle like canopy terrain there mm. it's pretty hot and humid uh, you're feeling your feet a little bit uh, and that, I still love even that you know yeah, yeah. And did you think, were, were you kind of drawing back on any of that training that you'd done? Were you kind of thinking back to those days in the peaks in Snowden, the, yeah, the Honeybee military it, fit? It definitely prepares you well. Your legs are so much stronger for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it was worth every minute of that training hmm. because you need, the, you, need, you need the strength in your legs to get, to get through it. Yeah. So you're going through the jungle. Have you seen the mountain at all at this point since you've been in Tanzania? No, no, no. We, we I think... Uh, by the end of the, uh, the first end of the first day, the start of the second day, we caught sight of Maru. Right, that's the that's like the fourth highest yes. mountain in Africa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Second highest in Tanzania. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's only it's, it's close to. They yeah. call it Kilimanjaro's little sister. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So you'd seen Maru, but you still hadn't seen Kilian. How not the summit? How far into the trek was it till you caught your first glimpse? Because it sometimes it's just. Covered by clouds. It's covered by clouds. Yeah, 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 it was a bit of cloud cover. Well, we we took the the Lamosho route. Yeah. So uh, we was climbing up uh, a thing called the Elephant Spine. Right. Uh, which is pretty tough climb. That was mm. a pretty tough it was a hard day. Hard yeah. day. That yeah. Uh, and I think it was more or less when we we, we got to the top. Of yeah, the, it's about the third day, wasn't it? Yeah. So like uh, the third day. And mm. we just sort of like, but it's. Uh, I don't. You know you've been, but the the feeling when you first see it for for me, uh, it's it's a little bit shocking. Yeah. You know, it's a little <laughs> takes your breath away. But you know, yeah. my God, it, and it still seemed quite far away. Yeah. I mean, my experience was landing at the airport and on the bus on the way to the hotel, like just seeing it above. So there was clouds, and then the peak was above the clouds. You, see, you did. You never see the peak. Then, did you? Uh, but yeah, the yeah. peak was kind of poking out oh, through you saw the clouds. It. So it, it looked ridiculously high I'm glad and we then, spared that yeah and then didn't see it for a few more days and then it was when we came out the rainforest we yeah. kind of just came out the trees and then there was no clouds and it was just there and it was closer but it still seemed like you say like miles away yeah yeah so you've got like what was it six days up to the top isn't it on the Lamosha yeah. right? and you kind of go through the rainforest and you come out of there and you're on this sort of like alpine plateau. heath yeah. like plateau you've got to kind of change your clothes amend your kit so how are you kind of coping with these kind of changing terrains and weathers and temperatures? Yeah, well, I, I found we were we were doing okay, really. I mean, we had all, we had all the stuff with us. We were well prepared kit wise. So it, obviously, it started to get a bit cooler. We we had the zip off like trousers, so you yeah. could just zip them back up and you had your legs back instead of having the shorts, and you'd have a light fleece on instead of just a t-shirt. And gradually as you go up it just just gets colder basically mm. <laughs> it gets colder and uh and harder you start feeling the yeah. altitude a little yeah. bit when did you first feel the altitude well for me i think it's about three and a half days three, in. yeah about three and a half days in. because so, yeah, i think it's day three you go up 
to yeah. like the lava tower that's it and yeah. they like down there. it was just lava before the lava yeah. tower then for me yeah. I, I was obviously you, you there's 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 triggers that you see there's uh uh things you look for and uh my my uroam is too dark so yeah. i obviously know so the, the, the doctor that was with us, he sort of said, right, try and sort of like, you got to drink more, you got to rehydrate more and all that. So uh, I did, I tried, I tried to sort of catch up with, uh, with rehydrating. And as we were walking, we was about an hour away from the lava tower. Uh, it just all come over me, the, the altitude, I just felt really, well, not that well. And then uh, I just I started projectile vomiting everywhere, wow. and, and it was all just quiet. I didn't sort of make a big fuss about it. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, then, <laughs> and everyone was sort of like bleeding out, like what's happening? Uh, and they, they, they again, one of the guys just pulled out like uh, some sort of soft thing so I could mm. sit on. They just sort of ushered everyone off. The doc come over, sort of checked me over, and like we were talking about earlier, when I said to you, like, when you think you're in charge and you're going to do this and that. Uh, they, they they took the others on and they they, they give me a diamox start me on that yeah. sort me out said oh, you got to watch things and all that and then so they said right come and then right, we're going to go off I hadn't seen where the others had gone so uh, now I'm thinking that's it I've got altitude sickness they're taking me down so I started going oh, hang on a minute I ain't going down I ain't going don't start <laughs> you'll never take so me alive I just said no no you're alright you're alright so I said look I tell you now, don't start taking me down. I'm not going to. And, and in the end, the, the doc said, "Listen to me now." He said, "You'll go where I tell you to go." <laughs> he said, "I'm telling you to go that way now." He said, "I suggest you shut your mouth, can't concentrate on your walking, right?" And we go. We're not going down. We're going to the tent. Yeah. He said, "And we'll have a little another reassess at the tent." Yeah. So then that was me. <laughs> told. Yeah, told. And then I knew. Put back in your plate. And then I, I knew from then onwards, sort of that's it it's not I've got to listen and I really have yeah uh, got, got to do do more of what they say mm. yeah I, was, I wasn't I was too bad with the altitude I started getting I noticed it I was getting pain in my temples yeah like pressure and then I was getting a headache and the only way it really affected me was it like in the morning or when we came back we had to sort our kit out and I was sat in the tent and I was there for about half an hour realised I, I couldn't work out what I had to do I was yeah. disorientated yeah, yeah. and I just couldn't do anything I had no, everyone was sitting down for dinner and I was still in the tent because I couldn't work out what I had to do I had to unpack what, what pack I just I was sitting there thinking and my head was all cloudy and I was, I was disorientated yeah. and that's how it affected me somebody once described altitude to me as like having drunk 10 pints yeah. without the benefit of having drunk 10 <laughs> pints <laughs> basically it was like yeah. that and I, I just couldn't do anything organise I couldn't organise myself yeah I think it's quite common, especially on that day where you go up to altitude and back down, because you kind of hit it pretty hard, yeah. but you almost want to react like you did, with that nausea, with the headaches, because that means your body's reacting to the altitude. So yeah. you go up to altitude, your body gets a shock, you come back down to a lower altitude. When you're sleeping that night, you're adapting, you're acclimatizing, so the next day, you're just that little bit stronger, you're ready to go up a bit higher yeah. you know, over the next few days. Uh, I remember the first time I went up, there was a guy similar to you, got up to Lava Tower, spewed everywhere, and he was like, oh, I've raised all this money for charity, I've told everyone I'm coming, I'm gonna to have to go down, exactly the same thing. The leader was like, no, listen, it's a good thing you're reacting like this, because it means your body's recognizing your altitude and it's getting you ready for the summit. He went, he slept on it, he woke up the next day. He was the first one to hit the summit in our group. Yeah. He pretty much ran all the way to the top, because his metabolism was reacting faster than 
than everybody oh, else's. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the end of the world then when you start getting that reaction. It's just how, how your body copes with it after that. The, the danger is if you if you being sick you can get dehydrated and that can make altitude worse so you know taking the diamox like you did that helps offset the symptoms you can take you know like rehydration sachets and it's just about getting your body ready Achilles a quick climb you know you go up to high altitude really fast you know compared to something like say Everest base camp where you get to a lower altitude but you do it over nine days yeah with Killy you're getting to the top in five six days and going up to you know nearly six kilometers vertically up so it's a real fast shock to the system yeah and the weird thing about it is fitness helps but your reaction to altitude isn't necessarily related to your fitness it's your metabolism and how quickly you can kind of pick up Mm. so you're in a group with I think how many was in your team it was about 20 15 15 15, 15, I think there was 15 plus 2 a medic and a mountain 17 in total so there's you cabbies there's the rest of the team what's the kind of atmosphere like in camp how are you kind of getting on with the other climbers yeah, it was it was it was it was good, wasn't it? Around the mess tent. Yeah, yeah, it was all good. It, it, human nature, you ain't gonna get on with everyone. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I also think where you are, you you you'd suppress it if you went to a pub or whatever. You didn't like someone, you just be off. You know what I mean? It don't really matter. But because you are where you are, and you know, if someone does or says something, you you you, you don't sort of. Uh, but you know, everyone was all right. But you. You, you start reading people people start getting worried you know uh, yeah. there's that lady I forgot her name did, did yeah. everything she'd done was like oh no I've got it I've got it I've got it I've got it I can't eat I can't do it <laughs> you sort of can't like, you're alright don't like but worry you know was Sonia yeah Sonia yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was lovely but yeah. she, she was like sort of and you, she got you, to the top though, didn't yeah, she? she did. Yeah, she did. She got there. Well, it's a high-pressure situation you're away from home you're in an yeah. unfamiliar environment you've heard about this altitude but you don't know what it's going to feel like if you've never experienced it before so you're obviously going to be like on high yeah, alert I think so. she was she was feeling ill as well she looked ill for she had she was suffering with a sickness that's what it was and, yeah. and also you, you you get the other end of it where someone goes and it's like nothing yeah no I said today was easy yeah no I just want to smack him out of really are you superhuman or what? and that you have to suppress that you know yeah. because yeah. Uh, if you're finding that hard, you want everyone to find <laughs> yeah. it that hard. It's just there. It's life. Yeah, everyone's coming in from a different level. Yeah. Um, so you must have got to know the team pretty well. One of my best memories of like any time on that mountain is like those evenings in the mess tent. You yeah. sat around, you're having dinner. They keep bringing bowls of food out, and that's like your downtime. You yeah. Know, you maybe watch the sunset, just having a bit of a chat. Well, you're all in it together, aren't you? And yeah. I mean, basically, like you, you get to, there's men and women on there, and you're all game using the same toilets and then do you know what I mean you're on a mountain you've yeah. all got stomach problems so like you, you get to know each other really well and there's no airs and graces you can't be you can't have airs and graces up mm. there because you're living you're living like basically primitively aren't yeah. you because you're on a mountain and then you've got a as I, I, don't, I don't want to go into the toilet situation <laughs> but anyone who's been in that scenario will know what I mean yeah no I mean everyone's the same it's a great leveller it's a leveller everyone's in the same position that first day on the trail you have Mm. somebody who like needs to go to the loo and they'll be embarrassed or quietly like slip off behind a tree or a rock by like day three or four everyone's like I'm just going for a slash behind this rock that's right yeah Yeah. exactly and it's whether it's male or female there's no difference between us after a couple of days everyone is just in the same situation tough 
hard situation. You yeah. know what I mean? And we just, you just get on with it, don't you? It strips everything back as well. Because yeah. all you've got to worry about every day is, like you said, you, Darren, you get up, you put your bag on your back, you walk for like six, seven hours, then you eat, you sleep, then you get up the next day and do the same again. Just and that's your day. That's, that's all it. you've got to exactly. think about. Yeah, yeah, there, there is. And, and another thing, that in the mess tent every night, the the further you go on, the less you actually see of everyone, as in what they put on. Yeah. Like the yeah. first sort of night, you're all <laughs> sitting in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, and like as you going at the end, it's just like eyes, <laughs> yeah, looking out, and then if you just have a drink or something, it does. Yeah. It gets so bleeding cold yeah. as you're going. People are wearing like, their like, summit jackets yeah. and everything, like so. So, so what kind of temperatures because it can vary like the higher you get it can be like sort of around zero degrees on the top or it can be like so like minus 18 minus 20 yeah. well, we very nearly didn't go we didn't know i mean uh i've got so all, all this all the footage and all that is, is on our website cabbagedukillymanjaro.com yeah. and there's actually footage of us doing it but the night before we summit the tent is caving in wow and there's, there's, the there's wind. The, the, yeah. the, the, the the things are bending on the side now we we don't know as far as we know we're up high and it's pretty windy but the 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 guys mel and jonas are in the tent deciding whether or not we're going to summit or not god knows what would have happened if they'd have said look it's too windy mm. because it's bad enough on snowden yeah, yeah i was, I was doing that on snowden when they want that <laughs> summit so god no but yeah but uh we're, we're just sort of in the tent and uh, when when you talk about the night before the cup final, that was really mm. like the night before the cup final. You, you, they send you up, you go going out to bed. What is it about eight o'clock? Like about eight o'clock, and then they're going to get you up again at eleven. So go and go and have a few hours sleep. They say, mm. <laughs> really, <laughs> you know, yeah. with the tent flapping about yeah, in the wind, the noise and the wind. Got everything yeah. out in your bag, testing, make sure you've got it. Is my water going to freeze? Is my phone going to freeze? Am I going to be all right? Have I got the right socks on? Are they going to rub? You know, have I got the right face? Everything's well, well this is me, yeah. and I'm saying yeah. everyone, this was going through my mind. Is everyone else all right? Are they going to do it? You know, and then you're, and you're waiting for that, it's probably not the right phrase, but you're waiting for that knock on the tent, you know, yeah. or that call, yeah. right? Come on, and then that's it. But for me, it was every that whole year, all sort of went whoosh, all into one moment. You know, yeah. where uh, this is it. This, this is we are stepping out at Wembley. No, no, we're going to do it now. And uh, I, yeah. I just thought, is it always like this up here? Hmm. Is it always this? Because it's to me, it sounded like something on Everest. Do you know yeah. with the wind howling and that? I thought, is this what it's always like? Well, I think that time of year you went, there was unseasonably like cold yeah. temperatures and high winds there. I think there was a day last summer, 2019, where they actually shot all the high camps because the weather was so bad. Oh, really? They just said no one's going up. So there was a whole day when no one summited Killy. So like, yeah. it was just unusual oh. that time of year. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was it quite... It was freezing, wasn't it? It focused the mind on what was ahead. I mean, there was no... I had never had any sleep before we went because I just couldn't I was thinking we've got to go out in this mm. you know what I mean <laughs> and the, the, the other thing they, that they say is like you don't don't it's best not to really look up or look down yeah what's the first the first thing you're going to do <laughs> you're going to but I understand now I've done it I understand why they say it because yeah. you get a stiff neck yeah it's so bleating steep you're sort of like and you're and, and obviously you're losing your balance you're up at altitude you're a little bit wobbly You've got you a know, rucksack on, yeah. yeah. It's all yeah. right. If only got, and 
but yeah, all that falls into place when you're doing it. Mm. But the other incredible thing what I, I loved was going up and down the mountain. We talked about the, the choirs and the singing and the songs. But uh, as you do sort of look up, it was like a, like a Space Invader game because it was pitch black, it's was like dark. But you can see like little sort of light worms of yeah. like groups that's obviously left off before you. And that, zigzagging up to the Yeah, top. sort of yeah. like worming up, you know. And then all of a sudden, you'll get like a crescendo of sound come down. Come down. And all you want And then it'll sort of go back. And it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. You know, it big. It, uh, uh, well, you got to go to an experience. I was, I was yeah. disorientated again with the altitude mm. going up, and I was looking up, seeing the lights, and for some reason, I thought we were all climbing up to go into a nightclub. <laughs> that's what that's what was going through my head. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's just it was so weird. Yeah, looking down at your feet, like oh, I've got my <laughs> boots on. They're not going to let me in with these shoes. <laughs> Things scurrying about, you're not, yeah. there's nothing living out there, yeah. but you don't you think there's something Yeah, I was, I was seeing things yeah. run across the front, like, probably like oh, yeah. hallucinating. I thought I saw rats running in front of me. I tell you, the first time I climbed, it was snowy all the way up to the top and had my head torch on. And you know, you have these walking poles with a spike on the bottom yeah. and you have like a round collar. Yeah. So when people are stabbing them in, it's like leaving a hole and then the circle. Well, I started seeing like little smiley faces oh, with all them, but then every now it's and then, just I, it every now and then, I'd see one that was like an angry face. So oh. I'd just like stab it with my walking pole. <laughs> <laughs> not today. It's yeah. not just me. It's quite normal then to be like hallucinating. I've like heard that. of people seeing spiders. So I've yeah. heard of all sorts. Mm. Yeah, but that's that summit night is tough because you set off at midnight. Yeah, pitch black. You can't see the top. Once you leave camp, you can't see how far you've come. And like you say, you can just see this zigzag of everyone all the other groups ahead of you that yeah. head torches because everyone goes single file and you walk at such a slow pace as well yeah. right it's like one foot next yeah. foot one foot and the guides are shouting poly poly yeah I couldn't go any faster than this anyway yeah <laughs> the way I felt I couldn't go any faster oh you feel like Lewis Hamilton yeah. like when you're going up like it's, it feels like you're going fast yeah and then, but like you, it's, every step's difficult isn't it yeah every step's hard so you've got this kind of what about six seven hours just trekking in the dark yeah. you're stopping for breaks what what do you think are you talking to each other much kind of encouraging each other uh we, we, so, we do sort of turn around but where, where it was so cold we had like stuff on our mouth so yeah it's sort of a bit windy still so you can't really hear so we're just sort of looking around and a, a nod yeah but you you can tell so much just from someone's eyes you yeah. know yeah uh, and about two and a half hours into the summit, we got uh, that sort of message came up to us that Brian was turning back. Yeah, Brian was the third member of yeah. the Abbey's group. So uh, that that was a bit shocking. I mean, really, yeah. for for the the pair of us, and you they can't like then sort of turn around and go like, Brian, come mate, you're yeah. right now, you can do it. Yeah. You can't. You 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 sort of spread out as well. Yeah. We've got your different because when you when you stop, you're trying to get your water out. Your water's frozen. I mean, I. Forget about having the the what's it the hydro the platypus, platypus. Yeah, yeah. but they no good for, for summit night. No yeah, no water freezes in those little water freezes. Yeah, so that was frozen after about forty minutes. Yeah, so like that was gone. I had a hydro flask as well, which mm. I thought that might do it. Yeah, and after about an hour and a half, that I had to chip in the ice. <laughs> Even that had froze. I had to break a hole in it yeah. to get some out, but. I was that this year, and I didn't want to take the rucksack off. I didn't want to get me water out. Mm. I was just, oh, I just wanted to get up there, but yeah. I had to be careful because, like, 
how do you hydrate yourself? It's so important to take those breaks on the way up because yeah. once you start getting dehydrated, it's, it's almost game over yeah. on that way up. To exactly. The but it's just finding the easy way to get to to get access to your water. Mm. I don't. I, I've been trying to research since I came back how the best way to do it. I'm still not sure. Yeah, I think you get like thermos type bottles or some that are like antifreeze. I think they're treated on the inside with something that's like, yeah. they're expensive, a but vacuum in it apparently yeah. they work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I might be invested in one of those. <laughs> but that is a slog. I always remember like that climb at the top you stop in every hour and you say how much further and the yeah. guy's always like oh not far yeah. no yeah like, exactly yeah. they'll yeah. never say exactly never how far it is yeah. Yeah. yeah and then like you keep going and you see people getting taken down all the yeah. time that's the worrying mm. thing they can they're, and they're being rushed down as well yeah do you know what I mean and how many from your group so there's 15 in your group like other climbers how many of you all made it to the top three didn't summit did three didn't summit three. Yeah. so we yeah. did we did well but other groups in front of us were going up never had the professional help that we had yeah and they but they would like getting rushed down it shows i remember first time i went up we stopped for lunch on the first day had the tent set up we sat there eating the lunch this other group of lads walked past and they were like oh are you guys camping here and we're like oh no we're just having a lunch and they laughed and then carried on walking yeah. then we packed up the lunch spot we had a cooked cooked lunch hot meal soup pasta everything yeah. then we carry on walking then we get to camp for the night and see these same guys and they're like oh what are you doing here we thought you were camping back there it's like no we were stopping for lunch and then we saw what they were eating it's like wrapped sandwiches in cling film like wraps just like you know that was their dinner for the night and then yeah. we kept seeing these guys their tents they didn't have their own toilets yeah. they'd like you know i think they were sharing three to a tent it was a big setup there was 10 of them one of them made it to the top yeah because if you're not eating right you're not getting yeah, the right exactly. rest you're not you gonna don't make realize, it do you? i mean like people take it don't take it serious enough and like it can be dangerous if you don't. Yeah, yeah. It's like we said before. It's it's not Mickey Mouse. It's uh, mm. yeah. It's, it's it's big stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Hope that's that's what gets. If you treat it like that, I I think that gives you the uh, that extra sort of the, I've got to do this. I've got to do the training. Mm. I've got to do it right because. And how many times you're going to go to Kilimanjaro? You've got one shot. You're there exactly. Once. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do it right. right then. Yeah. yeah. You want to try and enjoy it as much and, and remember as much of it as you can yeah. for sure I think that's really important so speaking of memories one of my like favourite memories of Kelly is you've had this like six seven hour slog of this steep hill and then you never really notice it happening but you kind of look up and you're like hang on it's getting a bit lighter now mm. the sun starts to come up yeah. like what was that like for you guys fantastic I mean like you look out and I still think it, it reminded me of like being in heaven or something because you can see out and you just see the curve of the earth and you see the sun coming up just i've never seen anything like that and the nearest though you can it's like you're on an airplane <laughs> it's that high yeah, yeah. you look out the window and the sun comes up when you're flying at night and there's something like that but but you're on your your legs you've, you've actually got there from your own steam you haven't gone up there in, in a plane you've you've walked up that high yeah it's quite it's quite um Surreal, isn't it? surreal, yeah. It's yeah. really what the world I, is, yeah. I, I remember get, getting up to near that point just before Stella Point. It just the, the steepness just eases off a bit, and and thinking, oh, yeah, there can't be much more now. And like you say, that from being pitch black, the sky there's just a little tinge of light there, and he's thinking, well, surely we can't. We've been walking for hours. We can't <laughs> be. Out. And I looked round and I looked at John. 
because to, to be honest with you I was battered I was finished I was thinking like I ain't going to do this like, yeah. I, and I looked and all I could see was his eyes like I said earlier you can yeah. tell a lot from his eyes and I looked at his eyes you know that sort of panic stricken like <laughs> don't say nothing negative yeah. now <laughs> we ain't going to do this so then I looked at him I, like, and I was thinking he's smashed up as well yeah. so we just keep going here yeah. so then we just turned around and then probably about half hour from him we were at Stella Point yeah so Stella Point's like the rim of the crater yeah to the top so we get there and and sort of everyone's blah blah blah, blah and saying this ain't it this, this ain't the the, the, uh, the the peak this is just Stella Point and they give us a, a cup of ginger tea yeah but yeah. well, now up there it's like minus 18 so uh, it's bleeding cold so time you sort of because you but wait there's no getting two ways about we was best we was absolutely duffed up and so we get to get to have summit mitts off you know getting them off they give us this cup of ginger tea time you get your mitt off and that it comes out boiling hot you can see you yeah take your glove off. it's like lukewarm yeah but they they say it helps you and if they say it helps you i'm going to drink it (laughs) so we've drunk it now tim wants to take photographs off us and all that but they're they're sending people down people like having a little bit of a wobble up and leaning up against things people sitting on the floor so i'm tim would say have you folk i said no no we know it's a bit stronger than this i've got to tell you no we're gonna go on Tim, we're not going to have our photograph here. God, come on, so, no, sod the fight, let's just keep going. So uh, that's what we've done. Yeah. Just dragged, we dragged yeah. our knuckles. That's, I just couldn't believe our we scenes. Like I mean, because to, to Uhuru Point, like Uhuru Peak, from there, it's not really up, is it? It's just a long, you it go flattens on, out. It flattens out. Yeah. It's like you've got to go, it's like going to the end of a cliff or something, yeah. isn't it? And it just, it just seems to take so long, oh, that last yeah, bit. Could yeah. you see the summit when you're going along there? Because um, there's like a sign at the top, isn't there? It's like a motorway sign, but made out of wood. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's there. And if you, I've, I've done Kelly, and when you can see that sign in the distance, you walk, you look up, doesn't get any that's closer. It. You walk, exactly, you look yeah. up, and it doesn't exactly. get any closer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. but all you can see was the people going out there and like, uh, but it just as you say it just seems seems to go and every step then every step is difficult like every step feels like a mile yeah you know I mean you've really got to dig deep yeah I mean you know you're close at that point yeah as well. you yeah. almost get a second wind the sun comes yeah. up it flattens out you kind of find this sort of reserve don't yeah you, that's right on. yeah you've got the glacier on the left as well yeah. and a big drop off you can start seeing because it's getting lighter now you can still start seeing more yeah. of the Russia and Tanzania and yeah. you can see a few lights and you yeah, can see the town yeah exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, that glacier is something to see yeah it's, 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 mm. the, it's you, you, you can't really describe mm. our, because there's just so much to, to, to see and then if you look in the distance you can see the curvature of the earth yeah, yeah. now that is mental that is yeah. to, to see the curvature of the earth to say to someone oh yeah not yeah. in a plane yeah, like, yeah, yeah that's the weirdest thing isn't it and I kept thinking like, I, I think it's most, I've actually walked up this high yeah to be as high that I can see the curvature of the earth in the ozone layer yeah <laughs> I've actually walked up to this. And that's the height. beauty of getting somewhere like that is the only way you're going to get that. Yeah, is with your own two feet. Exactly. You can't take a ski lift up there. Yeah. There's no like 
taxi it's not yeah. like snowden where you can take the train to the top you've no, got to walk right, yeah. every step of the way yeah so you kind of walk around that you know kind of last stretch you see the summit sign you look up you're there tell me about that what's that like well like it was um there's a lot of people around the sign obviously all them the photos taken yeah i mean got there like i was just I, for me i was just so exhausted that I, I was just to know I was, I was glad to get there but I was just wanted to get down <laughs> I wanted to get down and I thought how am I going to get down now because you're only halfway at that point exactly you've got to come down and I thought I'm so tired mm. how am I going to get off this mountain now mm-hmm. you know what I mean I think Darren was a bit more uh, enthusiastic about the summit weren't you well, I don't know about a few enthusiastic. <laughs> I, I, I was absolutely battered, and and the thing is, where, where it was, I was like a pressure cooker. Where I built myself up, building. There's no way I'm going. No, I'm going to get. And all of a sudden, I've got there. It's sort of uh, everything. It's sort of a release. Yeah. And if you remember all the reasons why you got there, you know, you what you did sacrifices. Not only you made, but your wife, your family. The things your grandkids have said to you, yeah, all the encouragement that everyone had give us. For me, it, it was just like a pressure cooker, and uh, we get there and Tim's doing the video in, and uh, before we got there, I thought you know you got to think of something poignant to say, Dale. You know when you're up there, and I was going to say you know one small step for man, <laughs> one giant leap for cab drivers. You know, <laughs> you know, and Tim says right, Dale. He said we're standing up. He said on. Um, the roof of Africa. I said, "Tell the people where you feel." And uh, I, I just, I got me hood up, and it's freezing cold, and and all this emotion just come out of me, mm. and and I just like, I said, "I'm battered, <laughs> like I've never been battered before." <laughs> yeah, which is probably great for the first bad Mars bar or something yeah. like that. <laughs> significant like that, but it really weren't. He should have put some music to it, really, shouldn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it, it's just raw how it was. It's funny yeah. now, but it is how I felt. I was absolutely mm. smashed. I'd give everything. Yeah. You know, I don't really think about going down there. It didn't even cross my mind. I just, as far as I was concerned, I'd fulfilled everything that we'd sort of we'd promised to do. Uh, we, we hadn't let anybody down. We've we'd, we'd done our goal. We'd got there, you know, mm. and we'd give everything getting there. But it changed after that, didn't it? Yeah. Then you realised we no, had to get down. Not long after that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, we were saying bouncing off rocks. And yeah, stuff, yeah. there's a lot of walking on that day, isn't it? Oh, good. oh God, there's, there's no respite, is there? No. Because you've got to the top, you've done a hell of a lot already that in the last 24 hours, and you've got to do it all again. And you've, you've, got, you've had the culmination of all them days. Which yeah. is what we were saying earlier with the why memory muscles so important, why like training and being as fit as you can and doing the walking. And walking on, it's no good walking on flat. Yeah. That that you need to walk on hills to get used to it, and when you're done by then, you've done what like five or six days. Yeah. It catches up on you. Go mm. have a day. Hard Plus walking. with the altitude as well. Yeah, the altitude, altitude changes everything, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sleeping in tents. Yeah, it does all catch up on you. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you know you're on the home straight at that point. You, yeah. I, I remember that night after the summit, just falling in. My, I don't even remember getting in the tent. I don't even remember falling asleep. Well, from when you came down. Yeah. Yeah. Just exhausted. Yeah. yeah, best I mean, night's sleep I've ever had. I think. Yeah, it's so time. But we came down, 
I mean, coming down the scree slope, they mm. say, I'll oh, just slide slide down. I was falling over, non-stop yeah. falling yeah. over. And in the end, um, both myself and Darren, we had the guides under each arm, <laughs> sliding down the scree slope yeah. and sliding us down, do you know what I mean? Just to get us off the off the. Yeah, because going up part. that stuff at night, it sort of freezes, doesn't it? Like yeah. it's easier to walk on going up and then coming down. It's, it's all loose. Like it's like coming down a load of gravel, isn't it? And yeah. you just they, because you come down quick, they want to get you down quickly to the first part, of the first base. Yeah, and we get down there, and um, the, it's like a camp. I don't know. Like everyone's in there, absolutely exhausted. The people who are there haven't made it. Yeah, they're gutted. And it's very quiet. And I, I, we came into camp. We were probably the last ones in me and you, weren't we, from the yeah, first place. And uh, one of the team, one of the girls came out and said, oh, well done. Do you want a cup of hot sweet tea? Oh, I could have kissed her. Yeah. What I really wanted was a cup of hot sweet tea. Yeah. And she brought it out to me. And I, sat, I went into the tent and just collapsed on the floor. <laughs> and like, my, Brian was my tent buddy. And he took my boots off for me. <laughs> I just laid down there and... Um, all of a sudden they come in man saying we've got an hour and a half we've got to go oh, I thought, oh no yeah. I want to sleep oh so this is the camp at high camp yeah yeah the high camp so you haven't down. got time to sleep you got yeah. to go on the three hour hike from there yeah. to the next one after coming down from the summit after summiting yeah. I've seen people getting dragged out of the tent by their feet <laughs> from that tent to come back down <laughs> that was nearly me yeah. I was, I was, is there any other way we can get down apart yeah. from going this? There's no other way. We've got to get out and walk down. Mm. It's there's almost no like, way. say, being that pressure cooker. You know, you've kind of released that pressure yeah. valve. So all you want to mm. do is all is you want to do is sleep relax. then. So at this point, obviously, I want to talk about the charity that you raise money for. You raise money for this taxi charity for military veterans. Mm. Um, t- tell us about that. Is this a charity you've supported before or was it brand new for, for the climb? Uh, Brian had actually uh, he's quite involved with, with the charity uh, but to be honest we, we thought it I mean we're, we're all proud we're all proud to be English proud to be British uh, we, we won't have forgot what, what the veterans and that have done for us uh, and, what, and what a fantastic way to sort of try and give a little bit back to those who gave so much to us mm. so uh, it it, it was never sort of uh, it was never hard to, to put your heart into something like that you know mm. uh, and it was that extra little sort of where we are going to do our best for that but I've got to say it's alright saying that and doing what we've done but I mean we, we have really got to thank everyone that, that really sort of uh, that, when I say support us they did and they sort of uh, they they, they Back to the the charity and and, and fantastic, and we've had brilliant feedback from the, the charity. It was such a shame, obviously through COVID, and the the, the sort of e day was cancelled so much. But the the money did go, and and we'll go on paying for trips for the vets for them uh, to, to go and enjoy themselves and. Uh, unbelievable. Yes, it's a charity yeah. that's that's like linked with the taxi trade. Has been for like since what about seventy or eighty years now. Yeah, I so think more than that. Yeah, so it's it's uh it's 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 really like with the taxi trade. They're just uh, I mean every Remembrance Sunday the taxi trade comes out and runs the vets. Yeah, poppy cabs. We've always been linked with like the veterans as the London taxi trade has been doing it for years. 
and we, so. we actually had one fundraising night uh, to sort of, uh, we had a street party theme uh, and a few of the vets came nice uh, we, we had a sing song knees up and that five five thousand pounds was raised in wow. one night mm. there weren't a dry eye in, no. in the house at one I point because now we've got vets thanking us wow you know and we're kind of hang on a minute here like, so. <laughs> but great yeah no uh, absolutely hats off and massive thanks to everyone that did uh, contribute to that yeah and how much did you raise in total is it 18 18,000 yeah, incredible 18, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is incredible yeah. absolutely unbelievable and we ended we ended the check over at the Christmas dinner at the taxi uh, charities nice. did you have one of those massive oversized yeah yeah, yeah we did. I did that yeah again all them pictures are, are on the website and that again cabbies do kinnymanjaro.com yeah, yeah. I'll put all the links <laughs> to like in the show notes <laughs> and we did have free free beer that day oh, yeah well you've earned it at that point uh, was, oh was, we did it was it was a really really good day when it indulged, yeah that was brilliant it was nice because they, they stood us up and the whole place like erupted in an applause wow and that did that was emotional. I thought, did you know it mean to see all them vets and that applauding us? Did you know it mean? And it was at Millwall. It was at Millwall. Yeah. <laughs> you both Millwall boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brilliant. And I understand, like, you're not happy with something in Kilimanjaro. Once you've got something else in the pipeline, you're actually due to be out there now. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, our plan was always to do something else. And um, when we were in Tanzania afterwards, we were on safari, weren't we? So uh, I, I came up with the idea of climbing Maru, yeah. Mount Maru, which is like just under 15,000 feet, then going directly to the base of Kilimanjaro and we'd lead the team of cab drivers to the top of that yeah. to do back-to-back mountains. So uh, Yeah, so I mean, the, the, the other thing, we, we love Tanzania. Mm-hmm. We was fortunate enough for them to make us official goodwill ambassadors. Which is an official title. Wow. Which is yeah. that, well, they had a, a gala dinner for us at the end, which was brilliant. So uh, we needed, we wanted to come back to, to, to Tanzania. We we wanted to climb Kilimanjaro again. We couldn't just climb Kilimanjaro again, so we needed something a little bit more. So after a day of drinking a few beers and <laughs> on safari, John came up with this great idea with doing the Maru and Kili. Plus, what what a fantastic feeling it is up there what an, a total overall experience we want to share that with other people yeah you yeah. know and it would be lovely to get other people that have done the journey that we've done so people not not only taxi drivers but anyone like lorry drivers anyone who does a, a mundane job mm. you know we'd love to inspire them enough to say do you know what well, why don't you go and do it we've done it you can be done and it is something really special to do. So we, we, we put a, a tweet out like we, we mm-hmm. had 37 cabbies apply. Wow. Uh, we was meant to be leaving yesterday to go and do it, but we've got a team of 10 new new taxi drivers that are going to do it. Six are women, four are men, plus us three that done it last year. Uh, and please God, we're, 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 it's been postponed now till February. Yeah. So please God in February we'll be back out there and uh, we're going to... Yeah, John because like the 20, obviously uh, Cabbies do Kilimanjaro 2020 team. I mean, we never knew when we formed the 2020 team what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> so it was going to be at least 30, I reckon, would have gone. But obviously numbers are dwindled due to circumstances. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. we've got a good... The 10 who are, are really up for it. I mean, they've 
they've been doing their training all through this through COVID nothing's put them off yeah so I'm um, I'm pretty sure that we're going to have a we're going to have a good solid team going yeah out I agree with that and to, to get this far with, with the, the other stuff that's been chucked out you know makes them even more special Ooh, you yeah know. For, for sure you've kind of yeah. come through that exactly. through your story. and the mountain's going nowhere you know no, I mean, that's it's, right. he's waiting for you and other things exactly oh, yeah. we're yeah. climbing the walls you know yeah, yeah. yeah. and I tell you yeah. we, 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 oh. all we want is a date yeah, yeah. and we're we not just... getting no younger neither <laughs> <laughs> well to be this is something I'm going to have to talk with you about afterwards we've got other things planned for yeah. Yeah. cabbies do nice yeah. well yeah we can chat through yeah. The, the cabbies do brand yeah yeah. Uh, brilliant so if people want to find out more about that it's cabbies do kilimanjaro dot com you're on twitter is that right yeah, yeah. cabbies do kill brilliant facebook cabbies do kill instagram oh cabbies do kill <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll put links to all them in the show notes brilliant. so the brilliant. listeners can find out more but uh, listen guys this has been a pleasure thanks for coming on no uh, hopefully you'll get a date for when you can get out there and take it on and I'll oh, look yes. forward to following yeah. progress Lovely. Well, thanks for your time as well, Ian. Yeah, thank you, Ian. Brilliant. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank you. That was Darren and John from Cabbies Do Kilimanjaro. I really like their story. Uh, They're a lovely pair of blokes, and I've enjoyed watching their progress on their mission to the summit of Kilimanjaro from that very first email that they sent in saying that they wanted to get a trip together to seeing the pictures and hearing the stories about when they got back so it was great to catch up with them again and have that chat um, I think their story really goes to show that taking on a big challenge like Kilimanjaro it's not something that other people do you know it's not something that you need to be ready for and the day you decide to do it and the challenge itself isn't always the biggest achievement I think for, for those two guys reaching the summit it was a massive thing but I think you really heard it in their voices, Darren in particular, when he was talking about you know not being able to play with his grandkids in the garden and viewing this challenge as a springboard into losing a bit of weight and getting a bit fitter and sort of turning that fitness and well-being regime around. You know, I think taking that challenge that they did, it was it was about their own well-being as much as it was about summiting and, and raising money for charity. And I think what they're doing with this new project, bringing in more cabbies uh, to go out there and climb Killy again is great. So I look forward to seeing what uh, they come up with next. If you're enjoying the Couch Kicker podcast and if you're feeling inspired to kick your couch and do more, then why not hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you happen to be piping this into your ear holes from. And then whenever there is a new episode uh, packed full of your recommended daily dose of couch kicking inspiration, you'll be the first to find out. You can also find us on social media. It's at Couch Kicker Pod on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, where you can head over there and share our links, tag a mate and spread the word. Just one final note of thanks to our sponsors, Action Challenge. Maybe you listen to Darren and John's story and you feel inspired to take on Killy for yourself. Well, look, don't mess around with some cut price gang of chances. Go with the very best that there is out there. Action Challenge have been taking people up Kilimanjaro for decades. They have a better than 95% summit success rate and they will take care of you from the moment you sign up to the moment you get home. If you want to tick Killy off your bucket list, give yourself the best chance of reaching that goal. Action Challenge are the place you need to go to. 
every Killy trip is at all protected and comes with a five-star promise that protects your booking against future lockdowns and travel restrictions. To find out more, head over to actionchallenge.com, check out their dates, and I'll tell you what, I've even sorted listeners to the Couch Kicker podcast out with a £100 discount off any Kilimanjaro booking when you use the code COUCH. That's code COUCH, C-O-U-C-H, to get 100 quid of any Kilimanjaro booking. Get out there and do it. That's all from me. I will catch you later.